It's the amazing Rico Bronia podcast with your host, Evan Roberts. All right, everybody. We've had 72 hours to digest, 72 hours to cry, 72 hours to uh, cry ourselves to sleep. But the Mets season is over. We all have to accept that. And now we could pick up the pieces of all the dreams that we had over the last six months. Welcome to a very, uh, let's say, emotional edition of Rico Bronia. And I'm pleased to be joined by the guy that really jinxed all of this. <laughs> he was the guy that on May 31st said, the NL East is over. A phrase that will now live in not only the history of his career, but it will live forever in the city of Atlanta because those losers still can't get over the fact that a guy made a dumb prediction and got it wrong. And that, of course, is the star of SNY, because God knows you're not watching SNY for any other reason besides Carton Roberts <laughs> and this man, Sal Licata, host of the Overnights on the Fan. Sal, are you okay? I, how you I feeling? I still cannot believe how it ended. I, I, I just can't believe it. A 101-win season up in flames in the course of a weekend or two weekends. It's just unbelievable to me. I, I completely agree. And I think that while we got the signs of it over the last week, specifically the three games in Atlanta, now that it's over and we've had a few days without Met baseball, a few days where there's no Met game to watch and you really have just thought about how it all ended, it is kind of stunning. And it's why I said something at the end of Rico Brony a few days ago, and I feel even more strongly about it today. And I'm curious if you, should agree, if you would agree with me. When you think back now to this season, it's 2007. Like, that's the year. Because it was, in a lot of ways, a collapse. They weren't really in the playoffs. I'm sorry. I've given this thought. Those three games were not freaking playoff games. They were an extension of a regular season in which the Mets finished as meekly as they did. And that last game against San Diego was game 162 against the Marlins. Like, everything about it. Like, you knew the game was over early, just like game 162 against the Marlins. It was like a death. It was a three-hour funeral, and that's why I sit here a few days later thinking that's the season this reminds me of. This is 2007 all yeah, over. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I didn't give it as much thought as you did with the details. I've heard the comparisons. Um, I, I do agree with you that I do not feel like this team made the playoffs. That wild card round is not a postseason. At, at least it wasn't at City Field. It may be in other cities. It was not in this particular year. I just, the thing that bothers me, you know, in 2007, you felt it sliding away. This never, they kind of missed opportunities to put it away in September, but I never felt it sliding away. And even if you erase all of September prior to the Brave series, they had, the, however they got it, they had the one game lead with Scherzer and DeGrom or DeGrom and then Scherzer and Bassett lined up. In Atlanta, that was essentially a postseason series, and they got punched in the mouth and could not recover to where they could even win one game to win the division and kind of reset everything and then have a real postseason regardless of the result. And I just I can't believe that it went up in flames like that. So I understand the comparison. And in 07, there was shock value. It came out of nowhere. I mean, like they were they just blew away the division the year before. Nobody even gave it any second thought. We all assumed they were going to win the division. And then to have that collapse the way that it did, I guess you're right, but I haven't really given it that much thought. I, I still just can't believe how this how this thing ended. 
When it also, like our collapse of 2022 was really over a week. I know a lot of people are going to point to, you know, certain series where they missed opportunities. You mentioned it. They had missed opportunities of putting the division away. The Saturday game against Oakland where Jacob DeGrom got bombed. The three-game series against Chicago where they got swept. Even losing two out of three to Washington. Like There are a lot of examples of small things that they didn't do to put it away. But the collapse is Atlanta. I mean, the collapse is, like you said, you've got your pitchers lined up. You're facing the Braves where really the margin is just win a game. You don't have to even win the series. Just win a game. And that's the collapse. Those three games in Atlanta and then the three games at City Field, I just feel, bro, I got to tell you, you were at these games. I feel dirty. Like everything about it was like, it just wasn't the playoffs, especially by the end when the crowd was beaten. The crowd was so dead. It was just so depressing and dark. Even in the win Saturday, I didn't feel like it was a typical playoff game. And I know, look, I understand that they're not the Yankees. You know, they haven't been in very often, but I know distinctly the difference of a postseason game at Shea Stadium or City Field versus a, a regular season game. And this, you could not really feel that, especially Sunday. And that's before they got down on Sunday. A, I was shocked that they didn't sell out. And B, even before Bassett gave up two runs, it was like a morgue. It was nowhere near. You know, yeah. Let's say Game 7, 2006 NLCS, which turned out to be obviously one of the worst losses. That was a playoff game. 2016 Wild Card right. game, that was a playoff game. 2015 100%. World Series, those were games. This was... These were two of the worst games I'd ever been to in my life. And even the game they won Saturday, while it was closer, I mean, it was a four-hour-plus game, dreadful baseball. Even then, Diaz coming in the seventh inning where they ruined the trumpet thing. It just, just the All three of those games were just a disaster. And to me, it started, to your point, with the Braves. They, they didn't get eliminated by the so- Dodgers. They got eliminated by the Braves. So were we as a fan base beaten, hence why the crowds were so dead? And I, I always say this. I take responsibility for it. You do, too. We were in the building. We're a part of the crowd being dead. Like, we were there. We, I can tell you right now, as I was trying to clap, I, it, was a, it was a limp clap. You didn't it was believe a, it. Eh, I'm clapping, but I'm, I'm beaten. Was it that or was it this is a new round of the playoffs that none of us really – New, I mean, it's new. It's a wild card series. There's no history to it other than that Fugazi 2020 run. So was it the fakeness of the series or the newness of the series, or were we all as fans beaten down from Atlanta, hence why we were so dead for I three days? I think the way that they lost the division, the way that the series went in Atlanta, not only buried the team, I think it buried the fans. I truly, because I'll tell you my initial thought, as somebody who was excited as anybody else to buy the postseason strip and all that stuff before the Atlanta series, I forget exactly when we purchased it, but when they got swept, my and I was on the air that night reacting to it, I said, I don't even want to go to these games. The wild card at this point is beneath me. Like they, this is a division winning team. Now I ended up going as I got over it as the week went on and wanted to get myself excited about it, I guess, but I think it was fans are smart enough to realize after what happened in Atlanta, you you did not have a good feel about this ball club. I think it was more that. No, I, look, I, I think we saw the warning signs, but it still is depressing thinking about it. This is a veteran team. 
This is not some young up-and-coming team that just got scarred by a three-game sweep against Atlanta. This is a veteran team who had the opportunity at something a lot of Met teams haven't had in the past, a second chance. We didn't get a second chance in 2007 right. or a second chance in 2008. They were given a second chance. Yeah, you got swept by the Braves, but look, you got three games at home against a team that's basically been a 500 team for a half of a season. Go beat them, and now you get your crack at the 111-win Dodgers. And so disappointing and depressing that this veterans team, veteran team's response to a second chance and, was basically to repeat the sins of Atlanta. And, so you're right. So that was part of it. And I'm thinking, all right, well, they, they do have another opportunity. And you can't let what happened last weekend impact this because it shouldn't have anything to do with it. And the whole freaking reason that anybody believed in the Mets this year was what? Scherzer DeGrom. Scherzer DeGrom. Yes. You want to throw him Bassett? Scherzer DeGrom Bassett. That's why everybody said that this team could go to the World Series. This team has as good a chance as anybody if they could get healthy with those guys there. They had that. And then once Scherzer got beat up in the first inning, that was it. Off of Atlanta, he gives up that two-run homer, and then they couldn't answer, obviously, in the bottom of the first. They couldn't recover. But you do have hope, or did, because of Scherzer and DeGrom. That's what's infuriating. Yeah. What are you supposed to do? They had the guys there. They just didn't get the job done. <laughs> That's why I don't know if I felt this at the time, because I think when, you know, the game ended in game three, the initial reaction is the disgust from being one hit. The disgust of Joe Musgrove becomes Cy Young, whether he's got sticky stuff or not to me, it's so freaking irrelevant. I, I don't I even want to hear it. They didn't hit. That's the bottom line. But as the days have gone on, it's really gone back to what you just said, which is this team was built around Jacob DeGrom and Max Scherzer. And we'll get to it a little bit coming up. There's no telling if that's going to even get another chance with the future of Jacob DeGrom being so uncertain. And who knows what even Max Scherzer is now as a 39-year-old next year. But that was their identity. And so I find myself more pissed off at them than even the offense. Because when you have Randy Johnson and Kurt Schilling, which was our dream, you have DeGrom and Scherzer. We're all thinking this is Randy Johnson and Kurt Schilling. But when you have those guys, you can win one nothing. You can win two to one. And so that's why I don't even look at the offense as much as I look at those guys. And I know DeGrom did a fine job in game two. He pitched well enough to win. So you take that start aside. But his game against Atlanta wasn't good enough. Six innings, three runs, whatever. That's a quality start my ass. That's a 4-5 ERA. That's not Jacob DeGrom. And obviously we know about Scherzer. And so I think that's my biggest disappointment now a few days later that they got DeGrom and Scherzer lined up they made four starts against Atlanta and San Diego, and the freaking team went one and yeah, three. That, and they didn't do the, well the enough. Most, the biggest disappointment for me was Scherzer in game two in Atlanta and Scherzer in game one against San Diego. Bassett sucks. I mean, I'm, I'm over Bassett, and he, gave, yeah, he gave you nothing. He was overwhelmed. But, yeah, that's the problem. And you look around. You know, Bieber did his job as the ace. You know, you, you Garrett Cole did his job for the Yankees as, as an ace. Darvish, Musgrove, those guys – pitch well it shouldn't be that hard to get these guys to go out there and pitch seven solid innings without that the offense is irrelevant because if they don't get those ace type performances from those guys this team is certainly not good enough to win and that's what's demoralizing because they it'd be one thing if DeGrom wasn't healthy or Scherzer and who knows if he's 100% healthy but you get the point they took the mound all bets are off but you got to go out there and perform and they didn't it's disheartening yeah, look, I mean, we heard this last year with Garrett Cole, whether he had a hamstring issue or not. It doesn't matter. You took the ball, you pitched in a game, you didn't get the job done. 
And it's incredible to think because Max was so good this year. He had the lowest ERA of his major league career. I know he missed a lot of time. So who knows if he makes the full 31 starts, if he has that same ERA. But he was lauded by all of us as the tough guy. Give him the baseball. He's a warrior. He's a battler. He's so this. He's so that. Meanwhile, his Met season, his first Met season ended with his ass being booed off the mound. (laughs) I mean, who would have saw that coming, man? He got beat up. I did not see it coming. As a matter of fact, even as generally negative as I would be, you know, being a Met fan, after they lost that Friday in Atlanta, I believed Scherzer was going to shut them down in game two, and he didn't. I believed he was going to set the tone in game one, feeding off the energy of the crowd that he said he gets high off of, right? He talked about, oh, man, I love right. the energy of the crowd. And I'm like, you're not going to – you may have won the World Series in 2019 with the Nationals. You'll never experience what this is like postseason in New York. And before the fans could even get freaking excited, he gave up a tour on Homer. I just can't – Everything, the the way that it went was the worst case scenario for the Mets, both in Atlanta and at home against the Pods. 